This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live again from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. Uh, An interesting week in sports. the NFL certainly had an interesting week. Uh, Lewicki had a few comments we're going to talk about, uh, TFC last night. But uh, we've got a couple of interesting guests with us this morning. Uh, you may recall from the Buffalo Bills, the 1970s, Pro Football Hall of Famer Joe Delamalure, who was uh, offensive guard during the uh, Bills in the uh, 70s, O.J. Simpson, the electric company, you may remember that, and Naz. Who's our other big guest this morning? We have Tom the Terminator Henke, former Toronto Blue Jay, World Series champ, 1992, our first World Series, and he was instrumental in uh, us having a World Series, the first one, and what a pitcher he was. And definitely one of the most popular Blue Jays ever to play. Tom Henke will be on our show. Tom Henke, I'm certainly looking forward to that, and we'll be right back with Tom Henke right after our break. Talk to you soon. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when my wife accused me of having an affair. How could I tell her that I was hopelessly in love with extra thin crust pizza from Pizzaville? I didn't ask for this to happen. It was so thin, so delicate, so delicious. I can't bear to share it with my wife. She wants me to see a counsellor, but I don't want to share it with him either. Call Pizzaville for an extra thin crust pizza at 736-3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. 
Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We're pleased to have with us this morning Tom Henke, uh, a noted closer with the Toronto Blue Jays, still has all the Blue Jay saves records, uh, played with the Jays from 1985 to 1992, uh, was known as the Terminator. That was his nickname, uh, and we're really pleased to have him on this morning. Tom, are you with us? Yes, good morning. Good, good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing very well, thank you. Fantastic. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what life's been for Tom since uh, for t- life's been for you since you retired. What have you been up to? Well, I've uh, just been following my four children around for the last uh, 20 years, and and now I'm starting to follow my grandchildren. So I guess I'm getting older for one thing, and <laughs> and uh, but it's it's very enjoyable. Uh, I do a lot of charity work around home here. Uh, I've got about a 900-acre farm that I uh, really have a lot of work to do down there that uh, I could probably work 10 hours a day, seven days a week, and never get everything done. So uh, it's, it keeps me busy. Uh, my parents are still with us, and I enjoy uh, spending a lot of time with my mom and dad, and I've uh, uh, been very fortunate in that respect. Tom, you came into with the Blue Jays in 85. I believe it was in July you were called up from Syracuse at the time and came up as a closer. I think Bill Cottle got hurt, and uh, you ended up in the role and never looked back after that. How did you find that 85 team? Uh, I thought they sh- that you guys should have won the World Series that year. We were very, very good. I, I tell you, it, it, it was one of the best teams I've ever played on. Uh, you know, but it's one of those deals that baseball is a game of inches. Baseball is a you can have the best team and possibly not win it. I mean, the Royals won everything uh, that year, and uh, uh, I think uh, man for man, uh, we were a lot better team, but we just didn't play as well in the series as they did. And uh, I think St. Louis found that out too in the World Series that year. Uh, St. Louis. Uh, Actually had the Royals down three games to one as we did, and uh, ended up losing to them uh, in in seven in the World Series. So baseball is a, a great game. Uh, it's a game that uh, the best team doesn't always win, but uh, uh, you know you go out and you put the best effort forward, and and uh, hopefully uh, things will fall right for you. But that '85 team was uh, probably as good as team as any any team I ever played on. Uh, Tom, you know, Naz and I always talk about uh, one of the things that we miss from sports nowadays that doesn't seem to be the same as it was uh, when we grew up and whatever was was the whole idea of nicknames. All the all the star players in the old days had had fantastic nicknames, and you certainly had uh, the perfect nickname, Tom the Terminator Henke. 
and that certainly has stuck out in my mind uh, all these years. And uh, tell us, how did, how did you how did you get the nickname the Terminator? Well, it was 1985, uh, and I, actually, I was in Syracuse when I picked up that name. I was having a fantastic year down there, and, and uh, one of my best friends in the game, John Cerruti, and I went to see the movie, The Terminator, when it came <laughs> out, and. Uh, and I think I had like uh, 38 or close to 40 consecutive innings without uh, giving up a run. And, and uh, I was just having a, an unbelievable season. And uh, John uh, kind of uh, nicknamed me the Terminator. He said, man, you're just like that Terminator guy on, <laughs> on, that, on that movie. He says, you're just mowing everybody down. And, and uh, you know, he gave me the name. And then Rick Leach and a few of the other guys that were with me in Syracuse started calling me that. And, it kind of followed me up to the big leagues, and uh, I've always told people, I said, well, I've been called worse, so uh, <laughs> it was quite an honor to have a nickname like that, and uh, it wasn't something that I gave myself. It was just uh, something that uh, happens, and I think that's what happens with nicknames. Uh, you know, something happens along your career that somebody picks up on it, and they start uh, uh, calling you, and it just spreads. I'll tell you what, Tom, you were <laughs> one of the most popular Blue Jays to ever play, and uh, everybody I talk to loves you as a person and as a player. You were a fantastic uh, guy, especially in the city of Toronto. How did you like oh, the city of Toronto? Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. How did oh, you like the you city of Toronto and playing in it? Excuse me? How did you like playing in the city of Toronto? Oh, it, uh, it was my favorite place, uh, uh, you know, and I got to play in St. Louis, my hometown, my last year. But, uh, you know, Toronto was where we had all, or I had the majority of my success. Uh, I played with, I was very fortunate to play with some great teammates. Uh, it, it's a beautiful city. Uh, the whole country of Canada is is like a second home to me. I, I just came out from Vancouver uh, about a month ago. I was out there signing autographs at the Blue Jays A-ball team and, and the people in Vancouver just treated me unbelievable. And and I was just up in uh, uh, just east of Toronto in Coburg uh, about a week ago uh, doing some fishing and visiting old friends. And, and uh, I always tell my folks back home here, if I ever want to get my head swelled up and my ego <laughs> built up, I go back to Canada for a while and, and uh, then I come home and they deflate me and put me back in my place. Well, I'm not so sure about that, but I uh, just want to uh, tell our listeners that uh, you were inducted into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame in 2011, and you were, you're also a member of the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, tell us about that day in 2011 when you got, uh, got elected to the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, very emotional. Uh, you know, I, I think about it today, and I almost... Uh, I almost can't talk about it. It was a uh, a page in my career and my life that uh, uh, really meant a lot to me. Um, I had my my whole family came up. Uh, I think we had a bus of I don't know. There was a uh, hundred people or so on the bus, and and uh, I, and that drove up, and and so I had my whole family up there. I had a lot of great Blue Jay fans there at the. Uh, ceremony. Uh, it was quite emotional. Uh, 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 Pat Gillick and, and Paul Beeston were there from the Jays, and, and John Sullivan, my old bullpen coach, was there. And uh, it was just a, a moment that uh, in my life that is very special to me, and uh, it was quite an honor. Let's let's put it that way. 1992. 
I've always said that that was the best pitching staff I've ever seen on a Toronto Blue Jay team. You had Jimmy Key and David Wells coming out of the bullpen. And uh, I would guess it was Dwayne Ward would set you up and you, you were the closer. How did you find that 1992 pitching staff? Oh, we were just, uh, uh, you know, top to bottom uh, from the starting staff all the way through the relief corps uh, with Dwayne and myself anchoring the bullpen. Uh, but we had David Wells down there. We had uh, Mike Timlin. Uh, we had a we had a phenomenal bullpen, probably as good a bullpen that's ever been in the game, and uh, top to bottom. And our starting staff was, you know, with Jack Morris and and Jimmy Key and David Cohn and and Juan Guzman and and you just go right down the line. We were we were just a solid team. And 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 personally, and you know, maybe I might be a little bit biased to this, but I think. Uh, the best team in baseball won the World Series that year. I think top to bottom, and I've talked to Atlanta fans uh, since then, and, and, you know, they didn't have the bullpen that we had. And they had Jeff Erden, but Jeff was at the end of his career. And, uh, you know, it, it was uh, just, I think, uh, you know, we were picked at the beginning of the year to win the World Series and win everything, and anything less than that would have been a failure. And, uh you know, we came out of spring training knowing that we were the best team in baseball and uh, were able to put it all together because uh, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you can't put it all together and you can't sustain some injuries, which are always part of the season, uh, you, you can't win it. And that year we were able to do that. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour live from Liberty Village on the new AM740 radio. On the line with us right now with former J superstar Tom Hinkey. Uh, Tom, I've got to ask you: How are uh, are you still uh, involved uh, in baseball? Do you follow baseball? Do you involved with the Blue Jays at all? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Oh yeah, I've, I've always uh, have been and always will be a baseball fan. I I just went on a baseball cruise on the Mississippi River, and it was a baseball themed cruise, and and uh, it had nothing to do with any team, but. Uh, there was uh, four or five uh, former players on there and an umpire, and, and uh, there was a lot of folks on there that were just baseball fans. And I tell you, it was something I really enjoyed because uh, we talked baseball every day. Uh, you know, I'd sit out on the deck with a cup of coffee and uh, sit there and visit, and I'd have fans come up, and we'd just talk baseball. And uh, I'm not real involved. Uh, I still do a little bit here and there with the Jays or the Cardinals, uh, not too much with the Texas Rangers, but they're always there too. So I'm not an active, active person. I know uh, the Blue Jays have uh, made overtures to me as far as possibly being uh, some type of ambassador for their team and, and uh, doing some public appearances and stuff. And that's something I would definitely entertain. Uh, but as far as the coaching, and, and I, I do it locally here with the high school kids, uh, I get a lot of work with them, and, and, and uh, I do some individual stuff here uh, with kids that have a lot of talent and, and uh, need a little help. Uh, I've got a nephew right now that's pitching in the Washington Nationals organization and, and really having uh, he's had four great years, and uh, hopefully one of these days he's going to be in the big leagues. got to uh, ask you, Tom. Sorry, Ness. Uh, i got to ask you the, um, the role of the closer in today's baseball <clears throat> doesn't seem to be the same as it was when when you were closing games. I look back at the 70s and 80s 
And, you know, you had some greats of the game, uh, Suter, Lee Smith, Eckersley, Gossage, Reardon, Henke, Ward. I mean, these were, these were closers. They were stoppers. Uh, has the, has, it just seems the role of the closer in baseball isn't what it used to be. Uh, is, uh, do, you, do you see it the same way, Tom? Oh, that's definitely. I mean, that's definitely true. I mean, uh, uh, when I started doing the closer role, it was a three-inning role. Uh, I had num- numerous seasons where I had uh, 80, 90, almost 100 innings a couple years uh, as a closer, which is unheard of today. Today, you know, if they get 35, 40 innings, they're a one-inning or less pitcher, and uh, not to diminish what they do, but it's just a little bit different role and. Uh, you know, that has evolved. I think when Eckersley and uh, LaRusa came onto the pitcher, they changed that role uh, into basically a one-inning role. And I did some of that, too, towards the end of my career. But even I know uh, my last years in Texas and St. Louis, there were a, a number, probably over half of my saves were multi-inning saves. And uh, so uh, it's a, just a different role today and, and uh, than it was when uh, myself and Suter and, and Bruce and I have talked about it many times, uh, uh, you know, the difference in the, the days. But it, it's just the way the game has evolved. And, and uh, you know, now there's a lot more emphasis on your middle relief guys and, and uh, to get to that closer where when I was there, it was the starter and then the closer a lot. I mean, it, you, you, uh, you had Jimmy Key going – seven, eight innings, and then Tom Hankey coming in and going eight and nine or seven, eight and nine, whatever it, whatever it needed. And and a lot of times going in with men on base where now it seems like the closer has to go in with nobody on and, you know, the uh, pitching innings. So, uh, yeah, definitely the, the role has changed, and I'm not going to say it's a bad thing. Uh, you know, it's just the way the game goes. Tom, your comments, uh, having said that, I've heard your piece on the 100 innings. That's uh, an amazing total for today's baseball. Why is it that we see so many pitchers with Tommy John surgery and bad arms? And in the old old days, in our days, you didn't see that as much. Why are pitchers going down so quickly? Well, you know, and I've got an opinion on that, and I know I talked about it on this last cruise. I I was asked that question a number of times, and uh, uh, I think these kids are just worn out. I, I think they pitched so much as a kid. Uh, you know, I look at my nephew at the same stage in his career. He's got thousands or at least hundreds and hundreds of more innings than I ever thought about having at this, that stage in his career. So to me, somebody told me one time, your arm only has so many pitches in it. And uh, the more you use them as a kid, uh, the less you're going to have later on in life. Now, that's just my own opinion. There's no scientific evidence to back that up. But, uh, you know, these kids play 100 games a year where I might be played 15 to 20 games a year as a youngster. So, uh, to me, uh, that just makes sense. I don't know. Uh, Tom, in the uh, you retired in 1995, and uh, just uh, re- refresh my memory when I was looking at this yesterday. Your actual, the last year you played, you were, if I'm not mistaken, the Rolades Relief Man of the Year. You were, it was a career year for you with the St. Louis Cardinals. And when you retired, you were you were uh, you were pretty high up there in the uh, in terms of career save leaders. Um, in fact, the 
I heard it, saw a comment somewhere. If you had played a couple of more years, you probably would have got up to second overall in career saves at that time, and you would have been in serious discussion for the Hall of Fame. Um, why did you retire? It seems like you, uh, you retired at the top of your game. Well, uh, just uh, well, there are several reasons. One, I was 38 years old, and and I just. It wasn't easy anymore. Well, it never was easy, but it just got more and more painful to try to get in shape, and and uh, and it just hurt the pitch. Let's put it that way. And and uh, but mainly the main reason was my family. Uh, we discussed it before the season uh, that uh, it was going to be my last year. Uh, I wanted to pitch close to home, and what a fun year it was. I mean, to win a Roll Age Relief Award, playing the All Star Game for the Cardinals, uh, your your boyhood team. Uh, It'd be like an Ontario uh, kid getting to play for the Blue Jays this last year. And uh, it was so much fun. Uh, but I'd made up my mind. Uh, you know, the money never did drive me in baseball. I, I mean, it was nice. Don't get me wrong. It helped me secure my family. But uh, I was offered a tremendous amount of money to, to come back in 96. And, and uh I just felt no. It's, it was time to come home and be dad and be a husband and uh, and uh, just go on with life. Um, in a short time we have left here, Tom, I do want to ask you about something and just sort of just touched about it just now, and it's the importance of family to you. And um, I think it's important our listeners know you've uh, you've had some challenges within within your family with respect to uh, one of your daughters uh, with Down syndrome, and you've been heavily involved in 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 a lot of really incredible causes. And I saw one quote that, um, and, and, I, and I wish a lot of the young athletes from today just starting off would see this quote. And uh, you referred to your daughter, Amanda, and, and, and in quotation marks, uh, you, you said, she puts your life in perspective. Um, and I, and I, thought that w- I thought that's something they should tell young athletes all the time that uh, there are some things in life sometimes that are more important than sports. Um, your thoughts on that? Well, there's no question. Uh, when Amanda was born in 1986, uh, uh, you know, and, and at the time I didn't understand uh, why the, would, why God would give me a handicapped child and, and uh, because I didn't know what I had done uh, to be punished. And, and uh, you know, I kind of say that being a little bit ashamed uh, but, uh, you know, as the years went by, I, I came to realize, and it didn't take me that long to realize that Amanda was a gift from God and, and that she helped me understand the game, uh, that, you know, having a bad game, giving a home, up a home run in the uh, bottom of the ninth and losing a game, uh, you know, was bad, but uh, it wasn't the most important thing in life. And, and uh, you know, I watched her struggle just to speak to eat, to do things that we take for granted, and uh, as as uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, people that are not affected with special needs, and and uh, so it kind of put life in perspective for me, and uh, made it a little bit easier to take a bad game. You know, she always had a big hug for me when I come home. It didn't matter if I blew the the save in the ninth or or whether I struck out the side in the ninth. Uh, she always loved to see dad, and, and uh, you know it, it was just, it's just been a blessing in my life, and and uh, wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. 
Anyways, we've had with us this morning Tom Henke, Blue Jay great. Um, certainly, uh, we wish to thank you, Tom, uh, for spending these few moments with us on a Sunday morning. Uh, it's great to catch up with you. We're uh, happy to see that uh, you're doing well, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again in Toronto real soon. Thanks so much for taking the time for us. My pleasure. My pleasure. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks so Thanks, much, Tom. Tom. That was uh, Tom Henke. Certainly, uh, he's doing well, and uh, it was uh, great to hear him. And uh, Blue Jays uh, was a was a really uh, great time for the Blue Jays uh, in the '80s uh, when when Henke and uh, what are Blue Jays this year going to do, Naz? Well, they're in a race. Let's put it that way. They're in the wild card race. And uh, we've had a little bit of a disagreement about. Uh, about the Blue Jays' uh, ultimate results here, and we're getting down to the uh, we're getting down to crunch time here. I believe there's 15 games left. Blue Jays are four and a half or four out, four out of the of the wild card, and I believe they're also four out of. No, they're four out of the wild card. That's it. But they're uh, they're catching up on Baltimore no, too. No, aren't they're they? way they're way, way behind. behind. Yeah, Baltimore's okay. uh, home and cooled out. Okay. I think their magic number is five. Baltimore. Well, you know, getting back to Tom Hankey. What a great human being. I mean, the discussion on, on Amanda, his daughter, and he's just, how can you not like a guy like that? Like, Toronto athletes, whoever the, out there, they should take a book from him. He should come and talk to them. Exactly. <laughs> what he, a class guy. Class guy. Was Hasn't so changed. Impressed. You know, he, was, so he was, people forget Tom Hinkie was a superstar in his day. Yeah. Uh, he really was. Uh, he was the closer on some great baseball teams. The Blue Jays had a great run uh, from 85 to, uh, to 93. I mean, he wasn't here for the second World Series. Um, but uh, they, were at, they were in the limelight of the baseball world for, for a good 10 years. And Tom Henke was a big part of that. And really, the Blue Jays' fortune sort of turned around when he became the closer because because prior to him, we had uh, they couldn't close games out, and they had a great team in '84 as well. Mm. That uh, that you know, I, I, was it Bill Cottle at the time? He Bill, could, they yeah, signed Bill Cottle for a in lot 85, for a ton of dough, a ton of dough, and, and in he those did days, and uh, didn't really uh, live up yeah. to uh, to his press clippings. Then Henke came in, and he was he was a baseball superstar, and as you can tell, just by just by talking to the man, um, stardom didn't change this man. Uh, yeah. He's he's still uh, still an incredibly incredible class act and a real pleasure to talk. You about. know there was Alomar and and Carter and and Winfield and all those guys, but Tom Hankey to me, everybody loved him, and I think he was the most popular Jay. I really do. Like if you be, Alomar was a superstar and is a Hall of Famer, but he had his moments in Baltimore and stuff too, where he you know well, he had some issues. He yeah. had some issues. Tom Hankey was uh, the absolute perfect guy. Like. How can you not like Tom Hankey, you know? Yeah, it was it was certainly, great. It was that great. was a pleasure. So you're still calling for the Jays to pull through? Yes, I am. And I'll tell you... So paint it, the picture. Paint. Here's the picture. There are four games out. There are five or six teams that can take... There's two wildcard spots. Oakland, Seattle, Kansas City, Detroit, Cleveland, Toronto, and the Yankees are in the race. Those are the teams that are in the race. Out of those teams, two are going to win the division, and another two are going to get a wild card. 
So really, there's there's uh, seven teams vying for the for these spots, for these four spots, and it's that close. Kansas City is a half game away from Detroit. Cleveland is third. You have Oakland, who's absolutely been awful in the last month and a half. They made the trade at the deadline for John Lester, but they gave up their best hitting hitter, and it's like he it's uh. They, it's like giving up Juan, but uh, Jose Bautista from the Jays. They, they, Oakland gave up their best hitter, and they have not, uh, they have not done well, and uh, they've come back to the pack. Well, we certainly wish them the best of luck in the in the last uh, three weeks that are left. Um, uh, we have uh, hoping come up with us very very shortly, Joe Delamalur. Um, Hopefully, we'll have him on the line shortly. Joe DeLamalure, All-American from Michigan State. Uh, you may remember him from the Buffalo Bills in the 1970s, was an offensive guard for the, um, for the electric company, um, O.J. Simpson. Uh, six-time All-Pro, 185 consecutive games. Uh, certainly one of the toughest offensive linemen of all time. Um, do we have Joe on the line? Just waiting for our producer, which we should have him shortly. Uh, but Big Buffalo. Joe, Joe was a uh, great offensive lineman. Yep. He was a terrific football player. He was, uh, that, was, that was a good team back in the, in the early 70s. Anyways, too. I'm getting the thumbs up from Kelvin, our producer. Uh, we have Joe DeLamalure on the line. Joe, are you with us? Yeah, I am. I'm in a bus, so it's kind of difficult to hear. So if you guys would talk up, it'd be great. We'll do the best we can, Joe. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm right. We're going to the game right now. We got the uh, it's alumni weekend up here, so we got a bunch of guys on a bus, and we're probably about a mile from the stadium. Oh wow! Tell us a little bit about the ceremonies today. I understand there's a there's going to be a ceremony uh, for Ralph yeah. Wilson today. Yeah, we had one last. We have one Friday night, Saturday night. Now we're going to do it uh, in the pregame today, and uh, so. I don't know exactly what it is, but they're honoring Ralph, which they should. So kind of exciting day here in Buffalo. It's like a college homecoming, actually, with the new ownership, knowing that Buffalo's going to have a team for, you know, long time. And um, we're, we're excited about it. The guy who bought the team, Terry, who owns the Sabres, and it's going to be a unique place. Buffalo's going to come around, and I think they got a good team. We're getting better. Joe, you started out with the Bills in the early 70s, right? And you had sure. O.J. Simpson as your running back. Yeah, is he, Reggie is, McKenzie's sitting right in front of me right now. Oh, Reggie's there too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, O.J. Simpson, best back you've ever seen? Say that again. Best running, was O.J. Simpson the best running back you've ever seen? Well, I don't. I think there's a lot of, not a lot. There's like three or four, Barry Sanders, Jim Brown. Gail Sayers and O.J. Simpson. You know, however you want him. I obviously, I think O.J. is the best because I played with him. But, I mean, he's a world-class sprinter, weighed 227 pounds. And uh, for about a four-year period, he was the best to ever play, I think. And uh, everybody talks about 2003. 1990, or 1975 was his greatest year, in my opinion. And, um, you know, I think he's the best back who ever played. Now, you played uh, th- 13 seasons, I believe, and at one point you played 185 consecutive games, which is really, really a remarkable feat. You're six times an All-Pro, 
uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, who's the toughest guy you ever played against? Uh, I played against Joe Green and Merlin Olson. But actually, if I had to rate the one guy who I, I thought was really, really a great player, there are a couple of them. Louis Kelcher is great, but a guy named Mike Barnes who played for Baltimore, which most people don't even know who he is. But uh, he, he was pretty damn good. And, you know, I'd say the majority of guys you play are pretty good. And then there's a step above guys like, you know, Joe Green and Merlin Olsen, guys like that. But, you know, mean Joe Green, they, he wasn't uh, – they didn't nickname him mean for anything. You know? <laughs> he earned that nickname, so he's a tough guy to play against. Now, Joe, you've been a note. Uh, you've been a critic at times of the All NFL, the, time. <laughs> the NFL, and the players' yeah. union on on an issue that's it's a very sensitive issue, and I know it's I, I know it's very important to you, and 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 that's how the players have been treated with respect to the issue of concussions. Right. Uh, well. Basically, if you played before 1980, 1993, you call them the pre-93 years, you have sub-poverty pensions and no health care. That's the bottom line. And uh, when the commissioner makes $44 million and then they have these, you know, you got to jump through hoops to get any of the things that uh, lawyers agreed to through the concussion. Well, basically, like I said all along, we're not getting anything. The guys who played before 93 who built this league, who built actually when I think about Rich Stadium is nineteen seventy three. We opened it they, they had sellouts for five straight years with eighty thousand people in the stands. Our salaries, Reggie and I are sitting here, we didn't make uh, forty five thousand between the two of us our first years. My wow. my salary was twenty two, twenty four, twenty six, twenty eight, thirty, first five years. Reggie's is about the same. And nothing guaranteed but one game at a time. And uh, we helped build this league and help make these guys multi-billionaire or millionaires, billionaires for the owners, but for the players, and we have no respect. And there's, we have nowhere to turn because ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, ESPN is basically owned by the NFL. So you can't get your story out there. So, you know, you just kind of suck it up and do the best you can in life. I told um, somebody, I said, my wife and I want to work into our 70s so we can enjoy our 80s. Wow. Jokingly. I mean, that's, no it's kidding. a sad story. It's a sad story. And then everything we got to do, you got to take them to court. I mean, and then the lawyers make all the money. And one other thing, they always say, we got this program and that program. I found that I couldn't take a program to the grocery store or to the gas station and fill up my tank. I mean, we need money. We don't need, we don't need programs. We can take care of ourselves if they give us some money. What, what I find... I Sorry, go My ahead, Joe. My pension is $1,247 a month for 13 years in that league with no health care. These are, there's, a, there's some pretty uh, staggering um, staggering is. comments, Joe, and, and I'll tell you, you, you won't get any disagreement from either Naz and I. Um, I, I, no. find, I find it ab- abominable how some of you guys are being treated, and the part of it that I find really, really objectionable is the lack of uh, funding for health care. Oh, for, 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 some, for some of you guys, you guys, yeah, and some of the consequences of of what's happened to some of the players. I mean, I read a New York Times article. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I it was just read it. It was I just, just it was just out a couple ago. of days ago. One, I just read it. Yeah, one read out of ago. I read it yesterday. One out of every three NFL players will suffer brain disease at some point later on in their life. And I just find that staggering. Yep. 
And the thing is, the current players will not have to go through that because they don't hit how we do. We hit twice a day in practice. We went to camp July 6th or 7th and didn't come out until September. We're hitting twice a week. We used to pray for away exhibition games to get one day off from hitting. But these current players, they don't understand it. They don't even know the history of the game. Yeah, but uh, that's the way it is. It's not going to change. Sure. Uh, they can get away with whatever they want. I mean, look what's going on right now with uh, the spousal or, uh, you know, the abuse situation. Yes. And there's a guy in Carolina. He's been convicted. He's playing. He's playing today. If you did that at your radio station, would you be working today? Oh, absolutely not. So that's the way it goes. But. You know, I'm hoping that new ownership and things like this in the NFL with uh, Terry Peluga will, will add fresh air to this situation, what's going on or what's gone on forever. Well, we have on the line so, this morning uh, Joe DeLamalure, former uh, All-Pro guard with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Joe, I want to I want to thank you for sharing some of uh, these comments with us, and I want to ask you. Um, you know, one of the one of the and it came up in the book League of Denial and in the in the yeah. PBS series. And there's this this brain disease called chronic traumatic traumatic, and I can't even pronounce it. It's encephalopathy or however you pronounce it. Short form, it's CTE. Yeah, I'm with it. Okay, and it causes depression, insomnia, mood swings, short attention spans. Have is it true that you've? You, pardon me. No, we're on a bus. We're screwed up. That, that's the respect of the re- retired players. You got retired players in; they won't let you in the gate. So <laughs> I mean, it's perfect. We got to go up, and we won't even be there for the game. It is freaking. Anyways, Joe, know. have you been diagnosed with CTE yeah, at UCLA? Yeah, with CTE. Yeah, UCLA. Yep. And how do you? And how does that impact your door, your day to day living? And what's your pro, and what's your prognosis? They don't know the prognosis, and how it affects me is I. I it doesn't affect me at all. I mean, I work out every single day. I don't know change. I don't notice changes, but my wife does. So, I mean, you know, it's not so much about the guys who are suffering. It's about their families. I mean, that it's sick. It really is. And, um, you know, I love playing football. It was a great game. But the, what, the treatment of the former players is wrong. They can say whatever they want. It's wrong. And, and they won't change their ways. So, Joe, we've got a, Joe. We've got just a couple of minutes left. Just bear yeah. with us, just a little bit. I want to ask you about the settlement uh, between uh, the players and the NFL. Tell us how you feel about that. I'm opting out of it. It's not good. If you're over 55, you're not going to get a penny. And it, it's just the biggest. If you're biggest over 50, if you're 55, over 55, you're not going to 55. They actually they sent us the thing that if you're reading this on July 7th and you're alive. You're not getting a penny. And I've known that. I've known that from day one. The lawyers want to get paid. They're going to get paid $112.5 million. They want this thing settled, and they get that payment out in 14 days. Ours is over 65 years. If they sign this agreement and settle it and get it done, we're, we're done. We're through. The players, they don't understand us, but uh, that's how they get everything passed. Now I understand the family of Junior Seau, who uh, who uh, uh, he opted out. He opted out. And he committed he committed suicide. Is that correct? Well, why he opted out? Here's why he opted out. Because his family said it's not right. Even though they would be getting money, it's not right for all the players. So they opted out. Now that, that says it all to me. Here's a guy whose family's going to get money. You know, if he just accepts the settlement, they said no. 
because they want to do the right thing. That's uh, that is the right thing. He, they what they did. They opted out. It was exactly absolutely the right thing. Now, absolutely. Now, the medical staff back when you played, um, did they treat concussions at that time? They didn't even know what a concussion was. Most people. Mike Webster's a good friend of mine. I went to the doctors after he did. And we're, we're talking about Mike. He said, "What?" The guy asked me. He said, "How many concussions you had?" I said, "I'm going to be very honest." with you, sir. What's a concussion? Because nobody even knew what it was. Hockey's the same way. You got dinged. You saw stars. That was a concussion. Nobody, you just went right back into the game. And if you didn't play, you're going to get replaced. And what? I, I don't blame the doctors because they're employed by the teams. Now, you got to keep the rosters down so you can become profitable. So you played. If you were hurt or you weren't hurt, you were going to play. Didn't matter. And yeah. you practice too, every day. I look at these guys today. They built uh, they built an unbelievable empire off our backs, and I don't mind them getting paid. But it's kind of bad that the guys who built this league are not paid, you know, not even compensated with a livable pension and health care. That that's not asking for too much. A livable pension and health care. That's not asking too much, uh, Joe. Uh, I want to ask you, you 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 certainly do give back to the community as well. And uh, you, you're, you're involved in the uh, Suicide Prevention Coalition of Erie County, and uh, you do donate your time to these causes. Tell us a little bit about that cause. Well, that cause is like, that's a national problem. And what it is is the, the largest population that commits suicide are white males between 50 and 60, 65. And the reason why is because they're being replaced on the jobs and they don't have skills. You know, the skills to get into the workforce. If you can't do physical labor, a lot of people, how are you going to pick up a, uh, to learn how to do all the social media things, work on computers, you know, medical things? Uh, you know, where are you going to go to work? So guys get depressed. And what we want to say, we want to be tough enough to talk. Just come and talk about it. Talk to people about it, and we can try to help you out. You know, so it's, a, it's a tough situation. And people, People don't want to talk about it. You know, guys don't want to talk about how they feel. They feel weak when they tell people about it. So, You've seen the Bills play uh, in the past couple of years, and uh, I think you've seen them this year too. What do you think are the chances of the Bills making a playoff spot? I think they're going to be pretty good. This is a big game for them, even though it's the second game, because if they can start out 2-0, and uh, you know, it sets the tone for the season. Now, if they... This is like a homecoming game in college. In, in, in the U.S., people are going crazy. You can't, can't get into the parking lots. You've been here a day early. They're tailgating since yesterday and Friday. So if they if they come and lay an egg, then it'll kind of burst the bubble. But if they win this game, yeah, it's going to continue throughout the year, you know, from game to game. But this is a big game for them, huge game. Quarterback is so important for uh, in uh, in football, the quarterback position. Um, how is E.J. Manuel? Uh, what are your thoughts on him? I know we've I had Jim Kelly. Yeah. I, I like him. I think he's going to really be good. Uh, you can't judge him on 10 games. Last year he played 10 games, then he played exhibition games. The games he played last year when he was healthy, he was good. They won them. They beat the Panthers last year, which is 12-14. Uh, he, he, he's going to be a good you got to have a little bit of patience with the kid. 
Oh, I like them. I like them a lot. They do seem to have uh, upper end talent. The Bills. Are you, do you agree? Like I see about nine or ten guys that are fantastic football players. And it, yeah, I it, think like uh, Kyle Williams. I think he's the best player at his position in the in the league. And then I think they got a Sammy White's going to be something. They got other wide receivers who are really good. Number ten. I can't think faster. Wood. 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 Yeah. That kid's good. You know, they 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 got some weapons and. Um, What's McGaw is amazing. Twenty-two. Uh, oh, Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. He's he's unbelievable. I mean, kid's thirty-three years old. He's <laughs> not a kid, but he, he he's a tough guy and he plays hard. So I'm impressed. They got they got good talent around them and uh, two good corners. I think with the kid from Rockville, South Carolina, coming back. South Carolina. Kid, he's coming back today and he won't play with a cast on like he did last year. The whole year that was a. A detriment to him, but yeah. he's a good player. Gilmore, yeah, he's so, a, he's an yeah, excellent, he's yeah, real good, excellent player. So they they got they got the ingredients. They got good receivers. They got good corners, and that's what football is all about. And then uh, Kyle Williams in the middle, and Hughes the other end. I think is better than um, Mario Williams. Mario, I, mean, I think he he's way more productive in my opinion. But they pay Mario the bucks, so they're going to tell you he's the best one. Joe, I want to thank you for joining us on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour this morning. It's certainly, uh, we appreciate uh, your frank okay. comments on some of the important issues in the NFL and your update on the Buffalo Bills. Listen, have a fantastic time at the game. Enjoy, your, ti- yep. enjoy your time with your former teammates and keep well. Okay, bye. Thanks, Thanks so Joe. much, Joe. That was uh, Joe DeLamalure, uh, former Buffalo Bill pro, bo- uh, pro Bowler and Hall of Famer. Uh, that's certainly interesting. Uh, interesting discussion about some serious issues and uh, interesting take on the Buffalo Bills for this year. I know you're a big Bills fan, Naz. Yeah, I saw them play Chicago last week, and I was really so, impressed. So they, they they are not bad. Like I said, preseason means nothing. I said that last week. It doesn't mean a thing. Kansas City was like five and zero, and they were all over the place, and they got waxed so, last week. So it doesn't mean preseason so, means nothing. Well, the Bills had a. a, a Great game against the against. I was about to say the Cubs, but uh, wrong against the Bears. Yeah. Uh, just the uh, same animal, different size. Um, they certainly played well, and uh, it bodes well for the Bills uh, this year. Are they are they a playoff team. They have a shot. I looked at their schedule this week. It's not that tough, and you know they play Miami really tough. They always seem to do well against Miami, and they're going to win today. By the way, the Bills. I think the Bills might have a shot. They might be going 9-7, and seven, boys. Well, we'll certainly keep an eye on the Bills. I know you're a big Bills fan, Naz. I'm actually surprised you're not heading down to the game today. But, I would have uh, missed the show. <laughs> I know well, my you, son is down you there. You can leave here at 10 and head down. It's 1 yeah, o'clock. Yeah, that's, you can get down there true. fast enough. That's true. Anyways, uh, you're listening to Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We'll be right back after our commercial break. It was a rainy day when Peterville asked... How much loyalty is there in the world anymore? Well, about 14 inches, we figure. Introducing Pizzaville's new loyalty programme. After your sixth order, you'll receive a large 14-inch pizza of your choice free with your seventh order. You scratch our back, we feed your face. Find out more at pizzaville.ca. That's pizzaville.ca. 
At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We have a few minutes left. Uh, certainly um, some interesting interviews this morning, Naz. Tom Henke and Joe DeLamalure. That was uh, some interesting comments from uh, Mr. DeLamalure about uh, the NFL and the treatment of the older players. And uh, well, He's absolutely right. Yeah, though. some interesting comments. And Tom Henke, uh, what a classy gentleman. Anyways, let's... Uh, Let's turn our attention a little bit closer to home, and for that we have in studio our uh, our MLSE and TFC expert, roving reporter Mark Kennedy. Um, Tim Lewicki uh, managed not to be able to keep himself out of the news uh, uh, this week, notwithstanding the fact that he's headed out of town. Uh, we don't know when he's headed out of town, but supposedly between now and the end of June is uh, what we're told. He made some interesting comments uh, uh, questioning the character uh, of an unnamed player in the MLSC ranks. We don't know who that player is. And, of course, he quickly recanted from that comment by saying he was just making a general statement and not referencing any specific player. And also made an interesting comment, and I want you to comment about this, Mark, about in 10 years' time the Leafs are going to be down the toilet and the Raptors will be... Uh, the, the the big cheese in town. That's my gloss, a little bit perhaps stronger words than Mr. Lewicki chose. But uh, 
Uh, Mark, uh, you're an opinionated MLSC critic, so let, let, what's your take? It, it, it certainly was Tim Lewicki week. He was at Ryerson, and it was webcast, so all of the questions he was asked by, by I think it was MBA students, he was, he was answering. He was a man without a filter, which makes him a man after my, after my true heart. Um, yes, I think he's right. Um, I think that the sports that we talk about... Um, he's right about what? He's right that basketball in this city is on the rise. Okay. The last draft choices were from the number one draft choices were Toronto young men. Um, and I think it ties into what Mr. Delamalure was just talking about with CTE. I think that sports such as football, such as hockey, have a real concern with head injuries that they've got to solve if they don't solve it, remember that Willie Nelson song, um, Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys? Well, moms will take the same attitude to both hockey and football. They don't want their babies to grow up with brain injuries. And basketball is a brain injury-free sport compared to the horrible contact that we have in, in the other sports. Yeah, but there is contact in basketball also. Not to the extent of hockey. Not, not to the extent that you get the concussions are a common feature of the game. And I think, I think well, yeah. going, but, going back to the, the, the New York Knicks used to be a, a dirty basketball team and, and, and would... Uh, yeah, but dirtiness would, in basketball and dirtiness in hockey are two different things. I agree. Yeah, but going back, I don't understand, I don't understand the motivation. Uh, first of all, he's, he's, he's on his way out of town, so you know, maybe he should be a little bit more... Let's let's be fair, judicious in his comments uh, to to suggest. I mean, MLSC is an amalgamum of uh, is it uh, how many three three sports franchises, uh, bars and condos and whatever. So I, I understand the rationale of saying one is going to be bigger than one part of your enterprise is going to become more prominent than another part of your enterprise. I just don't understand. To me, that's just. Why, why put that message in, in the fans and just, in essence, you know, provoke your hockey fans? He, because, and, and quite frankly, I, I have to complis, completely disagree. Maybe Mr. Lewicki, with the greatest respect, doesn't understand the culture of hockey in this country. To, to suggest in the, in, the, in the hockey capital of the universe, in the hockey, he hasn't spent enough time at six, at 6 o'clock Saturday mornings in Woodbridge Arena, you know, with kids on a January morning to understand the culture of hockey in Canada. Like to suggest that anything's ever going to replace uh, the culture of, of hockey or is going to be more prominent than hockey in Canada? Are you kidding me? Wally, you're living in the past. Oh. Mr. Mr. Lewicki, you're, you're lucky we only got two minutes left. <laughs> but we're going to have a, Mr. Lewicki, we're going we're to duke this out after we get off uh, get off these mics. But finish your point. I wish we were talking about soccer. But Mr. Lewicki, when he was at Maple Leaf Square when the Raptors were in the playoffs, and he looked at that crowd, that crowd, can I interject? Young people, young people, basketball crazy young people. I know young people; they're basketball crazy. Mark. Uh, I get criticized by by too many people that I have this bad habit of of, of interrupting when I get inflamed. But you just inflamed me. Do people complain? Okay, that, that we, you... we got we we had how many people show up because the Raptors, you know, made a playoff series? Do you have any idea what would happen in this city 
if the Leafs ever went on a playoff run? Yes. Do you all, have any idea? All the senior the citizens, starving all the senior citizens fans? Would, would line up and buy Geritol. Of which you're the, included the in that chairs, demographic category, the by the way. The would be flowing. And you're, um, you're included in that seniors demographic <laughs> category, so be careful where you go with that. But I, like Mr. Lewicki, can see the future, can see the change. Hockey is a very Hockey, expensive gonna, sport. You know, it, it it's is, never going to get replaced in the psyche of Canadians. Never. I see his future also. He's going to be gone tomorrow. That's what well, I think. Well, it seems I, to me. He, I think he wants to be out of there. Yeah, uh, it seems don't to me. You make comments like that, yeah, idiotic yeah. comments like he did. And yeah, you're, you're at the top of this pyramid, and that's not even talking about the comment that he challenged the character, and then he backtracked. Uh, but if I read, I read that quote, I mean, I don't see how he, he meant that in, in, a, in a general sense, but I'll accept him at his word. And he but, also. He but, also but, but he didn't name anybody. So. You're, you're, everybody's guilty by association. Remember a few weeks ago we were talking about Jermaine Defoe. Yes. Mr. Lewicki says Defoe is not coming back. We're going to have to sell him. And he was talking about Jermaine Defoe as if Mr. Lewicki wasn't the man who, who signed him in the first place. Anyways, 20 seconds left uh, in this edition of the Nazimali Sports Hour. Yes or no? FC going to make the playoffs. Yes. Fair he enough. changed his mind. He said no last week. What's the matter with this guy? Anyways, Mark Mark Kennedy, thanks for coming in and telling us everything about MLSC and TFC, and we're certainly going to follow that conversation. Go, Matt. Bills. Go, go, Jays. Go. Let's go, guys. Let's go, guys. And uh, thank you for listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on the new AM740 radio. We'll be back again next Sunday. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.